Hi everyone, and welcome to our next podcast in a series produced by TOGA, the Thoracic Oncology Group of Australasia. TOGA is the leading thoracic cancer trials group in Australia and New Zealand, a multidisciplinary and patient-centric group of leading clinicians, nurses, allied health professionals, researchers, and patient advocates within the community that conducts high quality, clinically relevant research in order to improve outcomes for patients with thoracic cancers. I am Prunella Blimman and I'm a medical oncologist at the Concord Cancer Centre in Sydney. I'd like to introduce you to my co-chair, um, Shankar Siva. My name is Shankar Siva. I'm a radiation oncologist and clinician researcher at the Peter McCullum Cancer Centre in Melbourne. So uh, lung cancer is a leading cause of cancer-related deaths in Australia and TOGA is working tirelessly to change this outcome through innovative clinical trials program and also providing some medical education and awareness. So in this podcast, we're going to be talking to several preceptees involved in the lung cancer preceptorship, which was an educational initiative that gave advanced trainees uh, with a special interest in lung cancer a chance to review and present the landmark lung cancer trials interact with the leading lung cancer clinicians and researchers in Australia and discuss their careers in the field. Over to you, Brunella. So we'd like you to introduce yourself. So we might start with Melanie. Hello, everyone. My name is Melanie Rabbits. I'm a lung cancer care coordinator at Westmead Hospital in Sydney. And next we have Abby. Hi, my name is Abby and I'm a medical oncologist. I'm a very new one. I completed my FRCP in 2019. And last but not least, Anna. My name's Anna Lawless. I'm a second year radiation oncology registrar doing my training at the Chris O'Brien Lighthouse in Sydney. Yeah, great. So we've got a nice mix of um, representatives from the preceptorship. So I'm going to kick off with the first question. And really, it's just asking about what was your experience about being involved in the preceptorship? Melanie, perhaps you'd like to start? What, were, what, what did you think and what, did, what was your main um, learnings from your involvement in the preceptorship? It was my first invitation to attend a preceptorship. So I had actually no idea um, how it works, uh, what was expected. Um, I did find the pre-reading and um, the video um, that uh, Professor Nick Pavlakis had shared with everyone very useful to guide me. And I also had a lot of help from my preceptor who gave me some valuable help in, in preparing for the presentation. From what I got out of the preceptorship really was an understanding of a research project, um, the documentation of that project in a paper, and how to look at it critically um, and to get as much information, valuable information that can then be translated into actual care and communicated to patients. Great, Melanie. It was so good to have some nursing um, involvement and it's really great you had such a positive experience. Abby, what about you? Was this the first time you've attended a preceptorship? It actually wasn't, so probably my fifth preceptorship, but my first virtual one. And I've got to say, I've really enjoyed the format and given the climate, this is what we can do and it was worked really well. I think uh, from my perspective, I completed my training. Uh, I was looking to just re-update myself on lung cancer and where it's up to and I found it extremely valuable. I think lung cancer is a really rapidly changing field and it's very hard to keep up with the amount of knowledge that's being generated in different tumor streams. So really great, one and a half day course, was able to keep myself updated and hearing the, the preceptors in, in this workshop were a fantastic lineup. Hearing Ben Solomon talk about the Crown Trial, hearing Tom John talk about Dora and hearing from all these fantastic experts 
about contextualizing international trial data from the Australian perspective. Yeah, great. It was really interesting. That's all. I was just going to say, this is the, just, the, just the concept that uh, medical oncology advanced trainers get taught time and time again about uh, looking at trials, looking at who's included, um, analyzing them, assessing evidence. Those key concepts were really well put across. So overall, a great experience. So Anna, I might ask you a question. You're a radiation oncology trainee. I understand you're pretty early on in your training. Is that right? That's right. Second year of, of five years of training. So very early on. So how did you find it? Um, was it overwhelming having all these smart medical oncologists in the room? Was it threatening? It was a little bit intimidating. Um, obviously, the preceptors were incredibly experienced in the field. So me presenting a trial that they've known back to front and sort of practiced out their careers, it felt hard to do it justice. But what I really liked was getting a sense of the historical nature of treatments, how they developed, how we sort of came to where we are today, I found that really useful. Um, and it's not something you get a good sense of as you're preparing for fellowship exams where perhaps you're only looking at exactly what we're doing now. So it's nice to sort of ground our current evidence base in what's come before. Um, and although I was intimidated before the day, it actually was a very friendly and um, sort of collegiate environment. So it ran very well. And the presentation, did you find that your um, presentation skills, uh, was that helpful or did you find it, um, you know, just going through the same hoops? No, it was helpful. Um, I think there's something to be said for having to critically read a paper and then present it to a bunch of peers who are further on in their training or much, much further on in their uh, career than you are. So it takes it to that next level of sort of critical evaluation um, and that was really useful. So I've certainly found it beneficial since then, um, reading more and having a sense of the different trial designs and how that impacts the results and how we interpret the results in the clinic. Great feedback there, um, Anna, because I think fundamentally it's meant to be about um, being able to critically appraise uh, trials in the lung cancer space. But there's many other um, benefits, as you say, I think, of attending the preceptorship. I just want to come back to Abby's comment about the virtual format, because this is the first time we've done the virtual format, and it was new for all of us. Um, do you want to maybe comment on that, Melanie? Do you want to go first? How did you find the, interact, the level of interaction um, with the other preceptees as well as the preceptors, like, you know, I mean, the, the social side of things and, you know, the... Uh, if it was friendly enough or if it was not friendly enough or what do you think? I was very anxious about, as Anna said, um, being in the same room with lead clinicians and researchers in Australia. But I found the environment really friendly, enthusiastic, supportive. Um, I think the hardest thing was probably not um, interacting with the um, fellow pre um, preceptor fellows there wasn't a lot of conversation around um, because that just not wasn't possible being in the same room with everyone. Um, for me, it was really, it was very heartwarming to see that I was accepted as a nurse amongst the group and um, was just considered as a, as a fellow preceptor. Um, and um, yeah, I, I thought it was really good, but I did find that interaction amongst us um, the normal chat afterwards and dissecting just didn't happen. Yeah, I, I think we all agree that that aspect was limited and that's something for us to work on this year, just the chat generally between the preceptees um, in particular. Um, Anna, what, what are your thoughts on the virtual format? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with what uh, Mel has said, uh, but I think it also allowed a greater breadth of people to be involved. Um, you know, there was no travel required, less time to take off work, um, which can be difficult when you're a busy registrar. So I think thought it was great. Um, and we were in the breakout groups, so we were in sort of smaller groups of five or six um, to then discuss after the bigger forum. I think that did allow good discussion, um, perhaps not as social as, as in-person events, but certainly the academic side, I, I think, was really valuable still. Abby, can I ask you a question? You're fairly senior uh, in your um, training career, I suppose, and you finished your training. Were there any uh, light bulb moments where you realised, looking through the papers, that um, I might have forgotten this or I didn't come across this before, uh, something that you could take back to your own practice? Uh, there were quite a, minute, quite a few, Shankar. I think I've been on a phase one fellowship, so it was just great to just revisit those landmark papers and just... and in view of latest developments and thinking about um, what's changed. So it was a lot of learning. And I think my experience in medical oncology is just continuous learning and just going to these regularly and just keeping up to date, is, it's really important. So I'd say quite a few. What was um, key for me? Um, I think, I mean, the paper we presented with you, Shankar, as my preceptor, I mean, that was quite good seeing the latest update. And, and I was quite nervous because you're a radiation oncologist and I'm not. And learning from that experience and just stepping out into that uh, discomfort zone was great and I think it was, it was great learning about that as well so yeah and so maybe maybe I'll ask a question um to anyone in this group actually so uh lung cancer research is moving at a rate of knots it's very hard to keep track even for people who might be subspecialized in the area what do you think might be the most exciting things that are coming up over the horizon Anna do you want to take that I think as a radiation oncology registrar, I'd be excited to see what happens with the, the synergy between radiation uh, and immune therapies and how that balance is teased out in the clinic. I think that's a really exciting space. Me too. <laughs> Sorry. Melody? I think for me, the um, TKI domain um, and the KRAS, the new treatments that are coming up for KRAS, patients who historically up until this point don't have um, treatments for their targets, um, I think is really exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming out in terms of resistance for these patients. Abby, do you want to add to that? Uh, I guess just, I mean, medical oncology in lung cancer has such a remarkable couple of years for the last five years. I can't wait to see what happens for the next five years. I think uh, one thing I've been thinking about is liquid biopsy, and I think I wonder if that'll play an increasingly important role. And I also wonder about a new uh, combination and agents to treat methods of drug resistance. I think there's a lot of excitement, a lot of clinical trials in this space. So I'll have to look forward to. Yeah, great. I would agree with you. Lung cancer is so different to when I started out in lung cancer. Um, quite a while ago now, we are doing quite different things and getting um, quite different outcomes. It's been great to um, be part of that journey. I'm curious, um, do you think the preceptorship has encouraged you um, to uh, pursue lung cancer as a subspecialty? Has it made you excited about lung cancer? Do you want to be part of that story going forward? Anna, you're fairly early on in your career. What do you think? Definitely made me excited. Um, I've obviously still got to get through fellowship exams and, and sort of get comfortable across all the subspecialties first, but it also made me feel like it's possible. And it was really nice at the end of the preceptorship where Prof Pavlakis went around and actually asked all the preceptors, you know, at the end of your advanced training in oncology, how many papers have you published? How many presentations have you made? 
and I was shocked. I sort of thought all these preceptors would have had PhDs by then and, you know, numerous presentations, um, and I was feeling a bit, uh, you know, um, underwhelming by comparison. But then to realise actually at this stage um, everyone's still learning, getting top of their clinical knowledge and some of that research and um, development comes a bit later, it made me realise actually this, this is possible. So taking interest now and learn the skills by going to these preceptorships um, understand how to do research and then the rest will come if, if you follow that path. Yeah, so I think maybe that's a question for you, Prunella. I don't know, do you think we were humane enough? We didn't really get to the, to the end of the meeting and then you know, for those who weren't there, we pulled out all our footy colours and put them on for the, uh, the last presentation, but um, perhaps the virtual format didn't help. But do you think we could have been a little bit less intimidating? Yeah, like, I, I guess the one thing that I noticed is that I didn't feel, I think, uh, you know, echoing Melanie's comments earlier, is that I didn't feel that there was enough informal chat going on during the presentations. Like, I'm so personally used to sitting in a conference, listening to the presentation, chatting to people on Twitter, having conversations at the same time. Um, and I really feel like that would have, conversations between the preceptors, but also between the preceptors would have added another level to that. And I think certainly that's something that we can add. We did try by, uh, you know, humanizing ourselves a bit by adding our favorite footy colors and, you know, at the end, but maybe that was, we may, if we had brought that in a bit earlier. What do you think, Chenka? It was a vastly different experience. I've been involved in about five of these and it was a vastly different experience to a face-to-face. Yeah, I agree. And often that um, the evening canapes or uh, drinks or whatever that is kind of breaks the ice after day one and day two, everyone's much more relaxed. So uh, that's that would have been a nice uh, little solution. Um, nevertheless, we do what we have to do because it is COVID and you know, we have to make uh, adjustments. Um, but I suppose, you know, uh, moving forward, is there anything that you guys would ask differently from a preceptor format uh, if we had to do something different? Maybe I'll ask that to Melanie. I think the breakout groups, um, we some breakout groups we had quite a fair bit of discussion, and then some there was we didn't quite know what to say in our group, um, which I think we could work on a little bit more interaction um, in the breakout group, and and maybe that will be the space where the preceptees can. Um, have a little bit more chat amongst themselves about the papers they've presented and what they've learned from the paper. Abby, any comments about going forward, how we could make it better? I think just, I think it was as best as it could be. Just the one thing I think, I think um, at the end there was this focus on mentorship and pathways through oncology. It might be possible to just dedicate just half an hour, just to everyone talk amongst each other and just share their experiences um, in, a, in a breakout room because it's a bit safer in the breakout room. Just to and then just to give that give some dedicated time to thinking because I know there's a lot of anxiety amongst medical oncology trainees and I'm sure radiation oncology trainees as well about career prospects in oncology. So just kind of airing those concerns, knowing that we're all in similar similar boat and trying to find out strategies to deal with that might be just half an hour or so, not to take away from the lung cancer, but just to support everyone. It's a real challenge, isn't it? Because actually there's, you know, it, there's so much to cover that we want to cover in such a limited amount of time. And certainly we are in, in providing the preceptorship, providing mentorship in one way, but I think some more specific, you know, downtime, not lung cancer, um, trying to help you 
uh, work out your path forward. I, I agree, people always are interested in that and they're interested in hearing um, from that. I might hand over to Shanka for probably some closing, closing questions and closing comments. I guess, uh, you know, question is, Anna, did you have anything to add? Just you can have the closing mic. I had a fantastic experience. I didn't actually have much to add for improvements for next year. I thought it was great. I learned a huge amount. I could do it again in six months and I think still learn a huge amount. So it's something I can come back and definitely do every year. Uh, it was just really beneficial to get a good sense of how to critically appraise a paper um, from people who had written a few of those seminal papers in the field uh, and I guess inspire me to keep being involved in these sorts of educational events going forward in my training. Well, could have said it better myself. So, you know, that's a glowing endorsement. I think we should call it a wrap. First of all, I'd like to thank uh, everyone who joined uh, here, especially the co-host Brunella and Melanie, Anna and Abby. Thanks so much for participating in the um, presentership. Should also send a glowing endorsement to Sandra, uh, the CEO, who helped organise all this, and Nick Pavlakis, amazing chair, uh, and Melissa uh, Moore as well for, for co-chairing all this, the education committee. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Hopefully we'll see you guys in person at some stage soon uh, and hope you can join another Toga podcast in the future.